Hello, Marvelites. You are listening to This Week in Marvel, episode number 557. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M. And I'm Agent of Sleepy Sleep Times. I'm Lorraine Singh. What's oh, up? Lorraine. <laughs> you are a trooper. It is, what, 3 a.m. where you are? Just about. It's 6 a.m. where I am. <laughs> I'm in California this week, and I'm still working the New York hours. I'm I'm here with my mom. She got a new bionic knee, mm, but she's sweet. doing so good. Super happy for her. Kicking people, just like, you know, going swing dancing, all the things you would do with a new <laughs> yes. knee. My elderly mother is 100% doing those things. <laughs> she's going skydiving, Great. cliff jumping, yep. CrossFit. I love it. I love it. Well... Here in New York, it was a big week for us because Catherine started camp. She's never had daycare or like been out of the house for prolonged periods of time with strangers before. And I've also not had regular free time in the two and a half years that she's been alive. So it's (laughs) wild. But yeah, we're not just talking about our parents and our children. No, this is the official Marvel (laughs) podcast where we talk about what's happening this week in Marvel, whether it's games, comics, movies, TV, or whatever we are excited about. Yeah, we're keeping the pride love going. We have Angelique Rocher, our dear friend on from the Marvel's Voices podcast, as well as the Marvel's Voices Pride issue. She works on both. We're going to be talking about all that good stuff coming up shortly. We love our Angelique. But we had a lot of stuff going on this week in Marvel. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm in full radio mode. You can't stop me from doing the wow. radio. Zachary and Isabel, sound effects. Ega, ega. Ega, ega. The famous sound effect. Ega, ega. Uh, all right. Let's roll on into things because we've got to talk about Marvel Studios, Ms. Marvel, episode four, released this week. And. We're starting to get reveals and big stuff and characters and there's some big fighting, some wild things going on. I don't want to spoil much, though. I don't want to spoil much, but I think that if you watched last episode, you get a little hint of it. This episode, she's going to Karachi and it's just a beautiful, exciting setting for a Marvel Studios anything, I think. Just the setting is so exciting. There's so much fun. It's such a great series, and this one in particular, I think, just has such a cool, different, fun setting for the series. So definitely go watch the first four episodes now streaming only on Disney+. And of course, you can always go to marvel.com to check out the Marvel must-haves, the article every week where we talk about the new merch and stuff that comes out inspired Mm -hmm. by the series. Plus, we have articles detailing the music and stories behind the new episodes every week. Get ready for all that. Also, you guys know it's coming. We know it's coming. Countdown to Marvel Studios. Thor, Love and Thunder continues. We are days a flipping way. There's a new featurette. And of course, if you guys missed that red carpet, definitely go check out all of the clips or my favorite, the best of package from the carpet over on Marvel.com or the Marvel YouTube channel. Always super duper fun. Um, to go see those. And this is also your reminder that mm-hmm. critics have seen the film. Folks are getting a chance to see early screenings. And so now is the time to get off the internet. <laughs> and if you are someone who has seen the film, just be cool, man. Don't spoil it for anyone. Don't put the spoilers on the internet. Give people a couple weeks to just enjoy the film. Talk about it with your friends in real human life, like Ryan and I do sometimes. Yeah. 
You can experience Marvel Studios Thor Love and Thunder only in theaters beginning July 8th, which is next freaking week. It's so soon. Speaking of Thor, we know now that the mighty Thor has joined Marvel's Avengers. So she's in the game available now, part of a free update. And there's a War Table, which is their deep dive video series that the Marvel's Avengers team puts together, going through all of her abilities, her heroics, the comic book connections, and so much more. She looks freaking dope. Yeah, go watch that War Table. Go check out some cool gameplay and stuff with her. And of course, you can play the game on PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and S, as well as the Xbox Game Pass where you can play anywhere, including a Windows PC version of Marvel's Avengers. So lots of ways you can play, so go check it out. We're also going to have some Marvel Studios selects, the Target and Funko team-up. They're rolling out a bunch of Marvel Studios products that are going to be across stores, and they're all inspired this month by Marvel Studios Loki. These are so cute. Mm. I love them so much. You guys know Funko, Funko Pops. They are those awesome little vinyl figures with the big eyes and the big bobbly heads usually. Super cute. They have a Loki and Sylvie sitting at Lamentis moments before they're going to be taken away by the TVA where they're having a little heart-to-heart talk. Plus, they have the Frog of Thunder both on a shirt in a jar and in, in, in a jar in pop form. It's wild. So they're, it's super cute. I want that. I know. I, that. I thought about you exa- when I first saw that. That was great. I, I might have to get get my behind over to a Target. But of course, you all should be on the lookout for more exciting selects to arrive in the stores and online at Target. And check back next month to see what Marvel selects are going to be revealed the last Monday of the month. So keep your eyes out over here on Marvel.com for more. Lorraine, did you did you hear the news that uh, Funko bought Mondo? What? Yeah. Our friends over at Mondo, great designers. They've been doing Marvel prints, posters, toys, and, uh, you know, statues and all kinds of things for years. They were purchased. And, yeah, I'm actually super excited for them to, you know, be able to do their really cool stuff on a big, big stage. Funko is huge. And I think yeah. this adds something really different for them and allows Mondo to just, like, Get big. Get big. Get swole. Get swole. Anyway, let's keep it rolling and talk about something cool. If you have Disney Plus, which I'm sure you do, because if you don't, what are you even doing? You got to have Disney Plus. You can actually go over there and discover Marvel Studios films in timeline order on Disney Plus. And while you're there, of course, as we mentioned last week, you can start streaming the latest timeline editions, Marvel Studios' Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness and the latest episodes of Marvel Studios' Ms. Marvel. There's a really cool little way where Marvel Studios' Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness portaled in to the timeline. I enjoyed that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. Also... Related to Disney Plus, you know that I love Hocus Pocus. I don't think you... Oh, I was wondering if this was going to come up this week. Oh, it's coming up, Ryan. Hocus Pocus 2 just dropped the trailer this week. And the tagline, first of all, is, we're back, witches. But I love Hocus Pocus, the first film, so much. And I'm very excited for Hocus Pocus 2, September 30th on Disney Plus. Where are my HPs at? Who loves the Hocus Pocus? My Hokey Pokies, where are you? Well, speaking of magic, Marvel Studios' Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness also has some behind the scenes out in the world. Ryan, I know you got to do an interview. Tell us about it. Yeah, I did an interview with the visual development team talking about all the Doctors Strange that we meet in the film. And that just went live over on Marvel.com, Marvel's YouTube channel. I love just getting a glimpse behind the curtain and seeing the processes and everything. So check that out. 
Yeah. Also, another exciting thing to check out, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. They just announced that there is going to now be a holiday overlay coming this year. So if you want to go check out the Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind attraction, it's over at Epcot at the Walt Disney World Resort, and it's going to receive a merry twist this holiday season, and it's going to swap music that they currently have for seasonal jams, as well as some other fun stuff. You can check it out over on the Disney Parks blog TikTok if you want to get a little look at it for yourself. And of course, if you guys aren't familiar with us talking about this attraction many, many times over, it yeah. is a brand new family thrill coaster. It's also an omni coaster, which means it rotates 360 degrees so that you can look at wherever the action is. They also have reverse launch, which has never been seen at Disney parks. And it's also one of the longest enclosed coasters in the world. All right, let's keep rolling into the comic stuff. We got to talk about Miracle Man because we are celebrating the 40th, I can't believe it, the 40th anniversary of Miracle Man this year. So there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. We've got Miracle Man number zero, which brings in some of comic industry's greatest writers and artists to do some really cool Miracle Man stories alongside Neil Gaiman and Mark Buckingham, who were doing a really incredible Miracle Man story way, way, way back before it sort of abruptly stopped. So this Miracle Man number zero is a giant size one shot. It's going to have Jason Aaron and Mike Carey, Ty Templeton, Ryan Stegman, and many more, plus Neil Gaiman and Mark Buckingham giving a prelude to the next chapter of Miracle Man, because that's right. Neil Gaiman, Mark Buckingham are coming back to complete Miracle Man, the Silver Age saga this October, which is very exciting. If you've read these, you know it's like some really incredible superhero stuff, very much formative and influential for comics that came, you know, throughout the 80s, 90s and beyond. And they never got to finish it. The Miracle Man storyline, the Silver Age, just had to stop. There was a whole bunch of stuff that was going on behind the scenes that did not allow it to finish. So now we're going to get the uh, remastered editions of the first two published issues, complete with new artwork and bonus material. And then there's also going to be the Miracle Man by Gaiman and Buckingham book one, the Golden Age trade paperback which will have that first Miracle Man series that they worked on, which is great. I don't think I have a copy of that here, so I'm excited. Put it on my bookshelf and reread it for like the 10th time. Yeah, that's so much Miracle Man. Also, I want to shout out a new character that is coming soon to the Spider-Verse, Spider-Rex. Spider-Rex is going to make his debut on the cover of Edge of Spider-Verse number one. Linnell Yu is doing an awesome variant cover for that. But there's a new story with Carla Pacheco and Perry Perez, who introduce, of course, a new spider hero to the Spider-Verse in Edge of Spider-Verse number one. I've already read this issue. It's really cute. It's really fun. It's on sale August 3rd. Um, Spider-Rex is just a treasure. He is a spider person who is a T-Rex. If you're asking, like, what, how does he do this with his tiny arms? How does he swing? Just wait for it. <laughs> oh, boy. I love Carla and Pere when they team up. They did the incredible Spider-Woman series. Also, I love that this character is named Spider-Rex. But if you say it quickly, it's like Spider-X. And it's almost like every person's X is now a spider. And think about that. That's actually just a fact. 
Yeah. All right. Something else to get excited about is Marvel Spider-Man Beyond Amazing, the exhibition, which is now open. And this is a big thing to celebrate the 60th anniversary of Spider-Man. Marvel and the Comic-Con Museum have teamed up and it's going to be a really cool exhibition open to the public now. It is located at the Comic-Con Museum in Balboa Park in San Diego. You can uh, Google that. And uh, if you're going to be around for Comic-Con, get excited to check that out there. It's going to cover Spidey's history through original comic art movie props, costumes, and more priceless original artifacts. And when you go into this, it's a 7,500 square foot exhibit, which means 7,500 feet of exhibit space, mixing collectible artifacts with innovative technology. You're going to learn about the creators who have contributed to Spidey's stories. You can pose with life-size character statues. You can encounter some of Spidey's really amazing supporting cast, his fiercest foes through cutting-edge digital elements. You can check out the cultural impact Peter Parker has had on everything. It's really cool. And of course, there's going to be a gift shop, a Marvel gift shop with exclusive merchandise including t-shirts mugs and magnets so if you need exclusives that's where you gotta go yeah go to beyondamazingexhibition.com and then as we talked about last week the comic-con museum is also going to honor spider-man as the fourth inductee into its museum character hall of fame at night at the comic-con museum which can be a special event taking place on comic-con's preview night july 20th 2022 if you want to go you can get your tickets for this event at comic-con dot museum slash night all right ryan comic stuff keeps on coming how's marvel's pull list this week what's going on what's on your pull list (laughs) well our picks of the week this week were iron man hellcat annual number one which lorraine you should definitely check out it's big patsy walker story with (laughs) petty is in it there's a lot going on i love a frenemy There's a talking, possessed stuffed animal in it. I will leave it at that. I picked She-Hulk number four as my pick of the week because, damn, that book is great. And X-Men Red number four, which was also so great. And this week we have guest host Connor Goldsmith joining us to talk about new comics and to talk about our reading club, which is issues 26 and 27 of Generation X, which just focus mostly on Jubilation Lee, a.k.a. Jubilee, and proves to everyone why she rules if you needed more information. And we talk about those issues with X-Men 92, House of 92 writer Steve Fox, who is a delight. First time I talked to him, he was great. Well, everybody go listen to Marvel's Pull List wherever you get your podcast. Go read all those comic books because Ryan is smart. And we have another podcast for you, Marvel's Wastelanders Wolverine. We're into the thick of it. It is currently the fourth installment of the podcast by writer-director Jenny Turner-Hall. And this episode, if you say it phonetically, is called Inacceptable. If you read it, looks like German. This is an episode where Red Skull and Crossbones are going to double down on their plans to kill Wolverine. And Logan shows Sophia a secret room at the Xavier Institute. Let's listen to a clip of the episode right now. So this is Cerebro. How do you know what this is? It's so grand in here. It's like this beautiful dome untouched by time. Aside from that hole you just put in the ceiling. I can't believe I'm actually inside of it. I've been wanting to find this place after reading Jean's diary. Hold on. (laughs) Jean's diary? It wasn't very exciting. A lot of technical stuff and less of her concerns. She seemed to be concerned an awful lot. You shouldn't have been reading that. I already did. 
episodes of Marvel's Wastelanders Wolverine are available exclusively on the SXM app and Marvel Podcasts Unlimited on Apple Podcasts. They'll be widely available one week later on Pandora, Stitcher, and all other major podcast platforms in the US. And you can also unlock exclusive bonus material by subscribing to Marvel Podcasts Unlimited on Apple Podcasts. So go learn more at marvel.com slash wastelanders. Listen to the podcast. Listen to all of the podcast. Podcast coming out your ears. Blah. Blah, blah. All right, it is interview time, and on the show this week is one of our pals, Angelique Rocher. She is the host and voice behind Marvel's Voices, the podcast, as well as one of the editors and sort of conceptual people behind Marvel's Voices, the anthology series of comics. So we are talking about Marvel's Voices Pride number one to help us close out Pride Month. Angelique Rocher! Oh, I miss y'all so much. Hi, y'all. Hi. Hi. Obviously, we talk to you all the time, and I'm sure everyone's hearing your voice all the time on Marvel's Voices, but we're always happy to have you back on the show to visit us, to hang out with us. You know the deal. We love to ask, what's your Marvel origin story? Hit us with it. Oh, man. So my Marvel origin story as a kid started off with two big things. One, I always say Howard the Duck because it's true. And I still love that movie. I don't care what anyone (gasps) has to say about it. It's a fracking delight. And learning more and more about how that movie was put together makes me love it even more. But I was first introduced to comic books basically the same time. 1992, my dad gave me my first comic book from the Distinguished Competition, but also my brother-in-law introduced me to this dope team of really strange, weird badasses called the X-Men because he had his crate of comics in his dorm room at the school where he met my sister. And I was like, oh, I recognize those from this cartoon that I watch. This is amazing. And then, you know, some odd years later, I ended up working for Marvel. So here I am. You did it. I am so excited that you said the Howard the Duck movie because I loved that movie so much as a child. And I would do a whole podcast that is only me talking about that and why Why does that alien have salami arms? I don't know. I just love it. <laughs> I love everything about it. A duck and a woman fall in love. Everything is great. And a rock band. A duck and a woman fall in love and there is a whole rock sequence. Angelique, Tell us what you're doing at Marvel now and, and what you started doing. Like, feel like you've taken on a million projects and have done a million things. In yeah. Years. So started off as a host of Marvel's Voices uh, first season. And we had a great year with that, but had the opportunity to do some red carpets. Luke Cage had an amazing opportunity to actually do shows with both of you. Did the after shows for Marvel's Cloak and Dagger and Marvel's Runaways with Lorraine and did Marvel Live with Mr. Ryan Panagos, but also had a chance to do a number of other red carpets. But now Marvel's Voices has also expanded out into the Marvel's Voices anthology series, where I serve as a consulting editor, as well as the Marvel's Voices trades. And I am now one of the co-hosts of Women of Marvel, and I also get to do some diversity consulting. Like I, I get to work with the folks at Marvel almost every single day, talking about how we better make Marvel the world outside of everybody's window. So it's uh, been a ride. 
You know, and the thing that Angelique doesn't say enough is that she's kind of like a real life superhero because she has worked for so many amazing organizations that make the world actively better before her more full-time exploits in the nerd world. And you'd still continue to do a lot of really great work that benefits the world. But, you know, you worked at the Ms. Foundation, lots of campaigns and things for people who aim to make our world better. So just a little shout out, Everyday Heroes. But beyond being just like an IRL superhero, you mentioned your first project was Marvel's Voices. That was sort of your your entry point here at Marvel. What is Marvel's Voices about? What is the show and how did it initially come about? So I love Marvel's Voices. Uh, it's so funny because I remember being in my first meeting with Marvel and we're just getting to know each other. And I remember someone going, hey, there's this other show. And I was like, all right, tell me. Well, you know, we focus on creators and creatives and fans of color within the Marvel Universe who love the Marvel Universe and we talk about their story, how they got where they are, how Marvel impacted them, their love of Marvel, but also their current projects that they might be working on. And I said, ooh, tell me more. And that show actually was the brainchild of Sana Amanath and the other co-hosts of Women of Marvel, Judy Stevens. I know there are so many more co-hosts of Women of Marvel throughout its years. And it started off as a segment once a month where they would bring in a special guest, regardless of gender identity, but a person of color to talk about Marvel right? How they got there, you know, whether it was a writer, an artist, an editor, or a staff person. And I love this concept of us telling the stories behind the stories, because our stories are what gives us our imagination. Our experiences give us our perspective. And so Marvel's Voices has kind of morphed into a long-form interview show where we get to talk with folks for anywhere from 20 to 45 minutes. And we really get to talk about not just their current projects, but their backgrounds, their ethos. You know, one of my favorite episodes was talking to Brian Stelfreeze about his legacy. Folks like Larry Hama and Janice Chang and really get into what was life like when they started at Marvel? How have they seen everything evolve? But also amazing folks like Toche Onyabuche and like Stephanie Williams and Danny Lohr and Vida Ayala, who were, you know, the new folks that are coming into the Marvel space and how everything these other folks did influence their work and why they love it. And I'm really excited about this new season coming up. We can't say anything yet because it's not announced, but we try every single season to give a new unique perspective and bring in how vast the Marvel universe is and is continuing to progress into being. Yeah, I think that's one of the cool things about where we are at Marvel right now. It's, of course, a lot of it, you know, if you were in New York and you were an artist or a writer, you had a better shot at getting work at Marvel. And like, you know, you hear all these stories about creators who would just like wander the halls and sort of be like, so uh, you got any stories for me? And like, literally, those are things that happened Yogi back in the day. Hey, boo boo, let's go see if Marvel has any work for us. It's so true, though, because I just it finished, is. literally just finished writing, because I'm also writing My Superheroes Black with John Jennings and writing the chapters in the 80s and 90s. There are so many stories like that. And it's, you know, now because of the Internet, even like multiplied over the last two years, we are more global. We have an outreach that is is vast. We have creators in every corner of the world. And I think it, it's better because it gives us a, a more well-rounded representation of the world outside your window because we have people who 
can see all the different windows. It's really cool. I'm glad you you are able to help shine those spotlights on these stories too. It's the best thing in the world. Like I really, truly, like no exaggeration. It's one of my favorite things to do. So I love it. But you're continuing sort of what you've started with Marvel's Voices, the podcast with the anthology series, obviously, and continuing to allow more people to tell more interesting stories in interesting ways. How did the anthology come up and um, what was sort of the impetus of it? So it's interesting. I've been thinking about the story a lot and I remember it kind of started through another special thing that we did. So we were doing these special video things for Marvel's Voices when we still had little video snippets and I was really passionate about getting our editors of color in because like folks really just don't understand what editors do, right? Like, and they have a re- like, it's really true and they have a really important job. And so Chris Robinson, uh, former editor here at Marvel, you know, we were chatting one day about how I would love, actually inspired by Lorraine Sink and Powers of a Girl to do a book that was about characters of color, specifically the black characters, because the more we were kind of digging into the characters of color, the more the stories got richer and more interesting. And we realized that no one had really dug into it a couple months later chris sends me emails like hey oh so i want to talk about this book and i was like whoa 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 whoa, what and so chris's idea was to do an anthology and to bring in black creators and black characters to celebrate black history month and that ended up eventually being marvel's voices number one and what we did is because we understand that this is a larger story i worked with chris to bring in a number of journalists, creators, authors to also talk about their experiences with Marvel, right? So like Regine Sawyer, who is also a comic book creator, wrote an essay. Karen Horn, John Jennings, who is now my co-author for My Superhero is Black. We got to talk to so many folks. And honestly, some of those folks have now gone on to become Marvel comic book writers. They've actually gone on to either be in a Marvel's Voices anthology or have another opportunity to write a YA novel or a prose novel or an actual comic book. And so it's been really great because one of our dreams was for that to also help bring new voices into Marvel. And so the next Marvel's Voices, which was spearheaded by Sarah Brunstad, who is now my my partner in crime, uh, she and Ania Okoye are two of the lead editors on most of the Marvel's Voices comic books. Shout out to Darren Shan, who focuses on Marvel's Voices Identity, and Lauren Amaro, who is lead on Marvel's Voices Comunidades. And I say all that to say it went from being that next book, which was Marvel's Voices, Indigenous Voices, which was absolutely incredible, bringing in First Nation and Indigenous Voices to now what we have today, which is Marvel's Voices Legacy, Marvel's Voices Identity. We also include the Women of Marvel book in that space as well, Marvel's Voices Pride, Marvel's Voices Comunidades, and of course, Indigenous Voices. And now what we've been able to do is take those voices of the journalists and take the voices of the creators or big fans, and we do intros, and we do essays, and we spotlight the characters, and we say how people can find out more information about not just the characters, but the creators, and kind of dig a little bit more into the space once they pick up one of these anthologies. I'm a big anthology fan. I think it's a great way to tell stories, and it's very difficult. I don't know that it's clear to a regular reader how difficult it is to get your point across in one page to five pages to 10 pages to whatever it is that is 
shorter. I mean, writing and drawing and doing anything comic book is not an easy task, but to condense and provide a story that is cohesive and exciting and hits the Marvel tenants that we're trying to get across and gives you something character-based and emotional and, and whatever we're trying to do is exceedingly difficult when you do not have a lot of real estate to play with. So kudos to you and the, all the editors you mentioned and all the creators because it's freaking hard as y'all. Yo, and I mean, it's true. And we've had stories anywhere from one to 10 pages. 10 is generally the max. But the other thing we also get to really do in these books I love is that every book kind of has a theme, right? We had this amazing food theme in Comunidades last year. It's talking about what is it about it that brings folks together. You know, Marvel's Voices Identity, I get to say this now, Eisner nominated Marvel's Voices Identity 2021, really focused on what identity meant to the Asian American community at the time, Asian and Asian American Pacific Islander community to also be very clear. But also we asked the creators and the artists, what did identity mean to them? And we gave them space for that. And that's the other thing I love about the anthologies is that we also work to give space to the actual voices that are creating. And so generally we'll have an historical interview. We had Bobby Chase and Women of Marvel. Larry Hama was in that identity I just mentioned. Janice Chang was in this year's identity. Brian Stelfreeze was in this year's legacy. And we try to talk about the industry as a whole and really bring forward not just the dope stories, because they're dope, but like we also really do want to make sure people get a little bit more of this is who Marvel is. Well, it's very well-timed because, as some of you might have heard every single week on this podcast, it's Pride Month. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. there's a Pride anthology out. There's so much wonderful stuff in it. Who are some of the creators and characters that folks are going to see when they pick up the book? I am so excited. So there are two Pride books out right now, actually. We have Marvel's Voices Pride, the anthology, which also features... Four new essays from Steve Orlando, Connor Goldsmith, our very own Jasmine Estrada, and Danny Lore. That's out right now. You should also pick that up and has some very key stories for the LGBTQIA plus community. But also, Marvel's Voices Pride 2020 is out right now with an amazing introduction from Alex Phillips, who is the vice president of television at Bad Robot. Ira Madison is in the book. Um, if you've never heard of Venom and Taku, uh, there were two characters that were created by Don McGregor, who from the very beginning of his run on Black Panther, the very original one, he had intended both of these characters to be gay men. And so this is the first ever story we will have where they are explicitly a couple, not companions, not best friends. They are a couple. And so I'm, I'm just, I'm so excited about that. There's also an essay in the book called Decoded, which talks about the comics code and the big change in 1989 for folks who don't know about that significant change as to why we had a huge shift in comic books. And it features some of our favorite LGBTQIA plus folks who were able to come out of the closet after 1989. This book is so beautiful. I could go on and on, but yeah. It's a ding-dang delight. I wanted to go back to one thing, talking about identity. And that word identity, I think, is so important across all of the groups 
that Marvel's Voices talks about, you know, communities that, you know, you and I have talked about this, Angelique, about me being Colombian, but like, I don't really have that connection there. And there's a weird identity thing that I have to it. And I think, you know, we've talked about it on some of our shows and where we identify and how we identify and all those things. And so it's really cool. If someone out there is looking for some way to see themselves in comics that they may not have previously and looking for how their identity is represented across superheroes and these great stories, all of the voices books are something they should definitely check out so we want to make sure they do that and for those who are like i didn't get a chance to see all the 2021 ones uh note all of the 2020 2021 voices are out in trade right now we are working on our very last one which is going to be the indigenous voices trade which is going to come out during indigenous people's month but yeah you can also go back and find all of that or you know go to marvel unlimited and one of the other great things about this and, and a lot of anthologies that we do is like you don't necessarily need to know anything before jumping into these that's got to be something freeing for you as an editor and for the creators yeah it's a lot of fun it's especially fun when uh and i remember daniel jose older did this great story where he was able to like go back and talk about the young lords and kind of set it in a different time like set it in the 70s right so we have a lot of incredible stuff that also brings in some real life identity from communities as well also lorraine sink was in our women of marvel anthology this year as well so we get to bring in so many incredible voices into this work that was really fun honestly i feel like i talk a lot about other stuff and then i talk about weird stuff with ryan sometimes on the podcast <laughs> like how my mom gave me a taxidermy to guana but Normal like uh, just let it it's happen. a whole thing it says a lot about who i am we'll talk about it later but <laughs> you know beyond the weird one-off things i say on this podcast i spend a lot of time talking about marvel and i really honestly appreciated the opportunity to talk about my story growing up as a straight-up weirdo you know it like felt really exciting and really cool and like such a neat opportunity to talk about how you know fandom does shape our lives and how those characters do make us feel like we're gonna be okay which I, I super duper love. We also had a really great time talking with Alyssa Wong about their story, living for Loki. So good. Obviously, I mean, I'm a little bit biased that I super duper love that story so much because it is so fun. But um, do you have any favorite stories from the Pride book? I know you love all of your writers and artists equally, but were there any that you particularly were tickled by? So the one I really, 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 really love actually features D-Man and it features, you know, I think a specific place that a, a lot of folks, particularly in the LGBTQIA plus community have learned to find a lot of power in, which is coming together and like talking about our identity, but also in a unique way, everyone in this therapy group has superpowers and it is delightful and hilarious and the ending makes me cackle. So I don't want to like, you see how I'm talking about it so vaguely because I don't want to ruin it for anyone, but it does involve two demands for a short amount of time and a cameo uh, <laughs> by one of Marvel's uh, oldest characters at the very end. And I'll leave it there. The thing I was thinking about, and I'm curious to hear, you know, what you want readers to take away from this. And, and, you know, when I look at something like this, I think 
the most important thing from my mind as someone who wants to bring Marvel to everyone is, yes, I think everybody who feels like part of a community should read these books. But also, if you're not part of any of these communities, I triply want you to read these books. I want you, mm-hmm. if you are, if you've never met a gay person somehow in your life, which you have. Which, you yeah, I was going to say, spoiler uh, yeah, alert, exactly. it's like, happened. <laughs> yeah, I really would love for you to read this because it's not a one size fits all. It's not, while it is this big grouping, everyone's story is different. Everything is, you know, you have all these amazing characters. It is the breath and joy of humanity and the Marvel Universe come to light and I think that's what's so special about these. So everybody read these. What about you, Angelique? I mean, one of the things that I love about every single one of these books is that at the end of the day, these are Marvel stories. These are Marvel characters. And the thing that I love about Marvel characters and Marvel stories is that they have everyday problems. They go through everyday conflicts. They fall in love. They are happy. They are sad. They mess up. They have imperfections, even though they are superheroes. And these books are working to allow each of these characters to live authentically in what they are. Of course, everybody go read Marvel's Voices, all the anthologies. Also, I just want to say you can pre-order My Superhero is Black right now. It's a ways out, but it's never too early to order ahead. It's never too early, man. I'm so proud of this book. I can't wait for people to have it in their hands. That's all I can say. I'm excited to celebrate your your book birthday, your first book birthday. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be great. Thank you all for having me on. I miss you so much. We miss you. Miss you. Special thanks again to our pal Angelique for coming on and talking to us. Make sure you pick up Marvel's Voices Pride number one at your local comic book shop or wherever you get your comics. And as mentioned by Angelique, congrats to audio producer and Marvel's pull list co-host Jasmine Estrada on her essay in the book. Woo, 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 woo. All right, it is getting to that time for our community section question of the week. And so we need to tell you who's going to be on the show with us next week. And next week is super duper fun because we are starting a new regular Marvel Studios Spotlight series. And our first guest for this will be casting director Sarah Finn. And we were so excited. Sarah, Mm -hmm. you have seen her name. In In everything. Like everything. There is literally a point where I was sitting watching something. I was like, I want to talk to Sarah. And I didn't know her, but I was like, she's so integral to the MCU and we've got to talk to her. And we did. And we're going to share that conversation with you and more really cool Marvel Studios conversations in the future. So with that in mind, our question of the week for you to answer this week is, what is your favorite casting choice for any Marvel Studios character? Not necessarily like who's your favorite character or who is your favorite actor, but what choice you love so much that like you just can't imagine living without and there's a lot it's pretty much like the entire mcu but you have to boil it down to one well i mean obviously tom hiddleston as loki Mm. has been so defining to that character and his charisma like makes that character robert downey jr as iron man of course set up the whole universe but i really want to think of who especially from some of these heroes that we have found especially in recent years you know Mm. like america chavez ms marvel iman vellani as ms marvel is 
just perfect too perfect and i was listening to this absolutely wonderful interview where she was like i dressed up as kamala khan for halloween before and she was having like nerd arguments about (laughs) the, the series and she's just so perfectly cast so much of her heart is kamala khan she's too good so dang good for whatever reason my head is just going straight to chris evans as captain america oh yeah the way he delivers so many lines and like i can think of his facial expressions and the way he carries that aspect of captain america and steve rogers so well i'm gonna go with cap although like we said there's so many amazing choices It's crazy to think about, like Chris Evans and Hemsworth are all phenomenal, right? And we know them so well now, but when they were cast in those initial roles, they weren't Mm. as big as they are now. You know, it was pretty amazing casting. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like really well cast. That's the magic of Sarah Finn and amazing casting teams on these projects. So it's wonderful. You can tweet us your answers using hashtag This Week in Marvel. Email them to twinpodcast.marvel.com or send us a message over on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash This Week in Marvel. And of course, make sure to tell us if it's okay to read on the show so we can read it because we're going to read it right now. Let's do it. Yeah. Our question of the week last week was who in the Marvel Universe would you want to spend your summer vacation with? We got a ton of great answers. First up is Janelle at Janelle 9039057 who says... Definitely Spider-Man slash Peter Parker, Ned Leeds, and MJ, the ultimate trio. I feel like they would be so fun to hang out with during the summer. Plus, I would get a summer in New York City and get to see all of the sites for the first time with my favorite movie, Trio. Yeah, that would be really fun. And what a great way to see the city by swinging through it. Next up, we got Nuance at Fabiosness, which says, I go with Polaris because she has a good sense of humor and she likes shopping. She's very classy and badassy. Um, we also can go to coffee shops and have our favorite cappuccino early in the morning. She'd be fun to hang out with. 10 out of 10. Love it. She's also brilliant. She's got a PhD and she controls metal. That's a great answer. All right. Laura Ray at Caffeine Stark tweets, Want to spend my summer with Tony because one, awesome lab. Two, best iced coffee. Three, he definitely has air conditioning. Four, can annoy him with tech questions. (laughs) Adriana at Andre Kritz says, definitely Wong. Spending summer in Camertage and being able to open portals and go anywhere in the world is so much cooler than any other ability. I mean, yeah, when you got portals, you can go anywhere. Ice Cream Lover at Shiram19 tweeted, I would say America Chavez would love to meet the other me in different universes. Oh, so yeah, more portal-y business. Very cool. Gokai Fire at Fire Gokai says, I'd have to say Iceman himself, Bobby Drake, fun guy to spend time with, and he'd keep things cool. (laughs) Perfect for summer. Emily at MZWatts23 tweeted, I think it'd be so much fun to hang out with Kamala Khan. Yes, yes. Yeah, but you can't go out after 10 p.m. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Christina Renee at that Marvel underscore mom says, although he's not in my top three, I can see myself having a great summer with Peter Parker. Smart, funny, great convos, and he could show me around Queens slash Manhattan. Luis from Marvel Studios Ant-Man would be fun too. Oh, man. He would tell you so much stuff so fast. Yes, (laughs) that's a good one. Samantha Wayne at Going in Swain says, Star-Lord for the win. Vacation full of adventure and witty banter, plus the soundtrack to our road trip would be epic. Mm. Now, I agree with all that, but 
I feel like Star-Lord's got like a limited number of songs that doesn't update. And There's so, like, one tape. One tape and then he's got his Zune. And once that Zune runs out of his 300 songs, which sounds like a lot, but you can get through that pretty quickly. You're going to be repeating, repeating, repeating. Although still super fun adventure. Chrissy D at Chrissy D0125 said, Wanda, because she quite literally makes our dreams a reality. Dangerous, but fun. <laughs> Just a little... Chandler Poling at Chandler Poling tweets, Hi, Twimmers. For my summer vacation, I'd want to travel with magic. With her powers, we could teleport anywhere and see whatever sights we'd want to see. We could summit Mount Everest and relax on the beach the same day. Plus, she seems like a lot of fun. Also, she's got like literal magic powers. Mm -hmm. Also, she has a sword. Also, she hangs out with like all the coolest mutants and nobody will mess with her. Great choice, Chandler. And if things get boring on Earth, you can go hang out in Limbo. Oh, please don't go to Limbo. That seems like a nightmare. Quite literally. All right. Chammy at Chammy the Kind said, I want to vacation with Thor because I've always wanted to visit Asgard. Mm. Um, that would be really fun. Honestly, go visit the Nine Realms, see what the Frost Giants and the Dwarves and the Light Elves and Dark Elves, see what they're all doing. All right. We've got Facebook messages. The first one is from Raphael Michelangelo Perry, who tweeted, a Marvel couple that broke up and I want back together is none. I would strongly advise against getting back together with any exes, fictional or not, which is a great answer from one of our previous questions of the week. You got some business going on there, Raphael. And we got another message from Raphael that says, James had the best answer on who he would like to spend the summer with. Somebody draw that man in a one-shot comic with Beast and T'Challa spending the summer together having intellectual conversations exploring the arts. <laughs> I'd buy that. Next up, we've got a Facebook message from Keith Lyle, who said, The person who I'd love to spend my summer vacation with is Iceman. I mean, I think taking him along to the beach would be a blast. He'd be around to keep the drinks cold because he's a walking cooler himself. And best of all, if I get sick of the beach itself, he can change the water into ice and we'd go ice skating. It's almost like having two seasons in one. There you go. I will say, we're all just choosing great friends with wonderful powers to use them for said powers that's the point right right yeah i guess it's not unlike having a friend who has a great like beach house or vacation spot and just being like yeah. oh cool you want to hang out so i can crash at your place yeah i'll go to the hamptons <laughs> All right, we've got an email from Grayson Woznesensky who says, this is my 25th week writing in. Wow. The only answer is Jeff the Landshark and Squirrel Girl plus her team. They're great. Grayson, thank you. Mm -hmm. Just huge thank you. We got an email here from Deputy Kowalski who said, who would you like to spend your summer vacation with is such an unfair question because unfortunately for everyone else, there is a single right answer. The first part of It's Jeff, the Jeff the Landshark Infinity comic is the perfect summer. No criticism allowed. You got Jeff, Hulkling, Kate Bishop, Doreen Green, Miles Morales, Danny Rand, and so many others. I literally freaked out reading it. Can it be called reading with no words? <laughs> so living it, I would probably die on the spot from excitement. Love always, Kowalski. I think that first issue is Jeff at the pool party with all of the Avengers and friends mm -hmm. swimming around, having a good yep. old time. That would honestly be really fun. I'd like to go to like an Avengers and Avengers adjacent pool party. Yeah. And we should mention it's the Eisner nominated It's Ooh. Jeff Infinity Comic. And Kowalski, make sure if you haven't already listened to the stinger from last episode, our producer Isabel put a little special Kowalski in there for you. We've got an email from Heather G who says, hi there, Twim fam. The kids and I all have answers for the question of the week about who we would want to spend summer vacation with. 
Fiona, nine by the time you read this. Happy birthday, Fiona! Oh, happy birthday! Fiona wants to have Power Girl Summer with Shuri and Carol Danvers. Aww. Nolan, who is six, wants to have an amazing animal summer with Jeff and Lucky. Aww. And Heather wants to have a hot mom summer with Sue Storm, (laughs) Wanda Maximoff, Jessica Drew, and Jessica Jones. I would love to sip a tropical beverage on the beach and just chat with those ladies. That sounds great. Seriously. And Heather continues saying, as an aside, Nolan loves playing make-believe games, and today he was Jeff while I was Gwenpool. Our mission was to save Agent M from Vulture. He is obsessed with Ryan after finding him in the Gwenpool mission in Lego Marvel Super Heroes 2 video game. Thank you, Heather. Yes, I love that. That is so much fun. All those answers are absolutely perfect. Thank you, Heather, for the absolutely most adorable answer that we've ever gotten to a question that was so sweet. Love that you're listening to Twim with the whole fam. Makes us all very, very happy. You know what else makes us happy? Ending this show on a wonderful note because this episode of This Week in Marvel is produced by Zachary Goldberg, Isabel Robertson, Lorraine Sink, and Ryan Panagos. Our senior manager of audio production and development is Brad Barton. And Jill DeBoff is our director of audio. Special thanks to Iceman's Ice Stand. Get your ices at Iceman's Ice Stands, where we stand for ice fans. Ice stand fans. Iceman's Ice Fans. I'm Ryan. I'm Lorraine. This is Marvel. Your universe. Ego, ego. <laughs> 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 <laughs>